Sports fans, hang those team jerseys or other collectibles in style with help from the guys at thesportdisplays.com as they have you covered. Thesportdisplays.com. Hang it, display it, or show it off with the jersey mount. The jersey mount is an affordable, easy to install, and kick-ass way to decorate your man cave, dorm, home, or office. Went to a totally badass concert and want to show off some of your memorabilia yeah the jersey mount can help you with that or how about that wrestling pay-per-view event or live show you recently went to and you want to show off that wrestling collectible in style the jersey mount can help you with that or you want to represent your favorite sports team the jersey mount has you covered installation is so fast and so easy and the best part you won't damage your wall Pick up your jersey mount today over at thesportdisplays.com. Hang it, display it, or show it off with a jersey mount at thesportdisplays.com. Get yours today at thesportdisplays.com. Thesportdisplays.com. One more time, thesportdisplays.com. Booyah, and it's time for the Game Sports Show. It is your host, David McCaig Jr., bringing you another special edition upload powered by the Game Entertainment Media, T-Gem for short, and sponsored by Little Caesars Pizza. Now, with these special edition uploads, you can tune into them on the T-Gem Network platform, which is on YouTube, and you can also search the audio version of the shows on where you get your podcast. Either way, welcome to another electrifying edition of the Game Sports Show. Getting to our Little Caesar special edition co-host here for tonight's upload. You know him by now. I say that all the time. Former professional hockey player of over 1,000 games and hockey analyst for T-Gem. The one and only Brendan Brooks. Brooksy, how's it going, pal? It's going good, man. It's good to be here. You know, you keep aging me. Every time I hear that 1,000 games, I feel so old. You know, so, but uh, we've got a great show. I'm looking forward to it and, uh, and getting to know this guy uh, a lot more. Now, one thing I'll say about Brooksy, when you look at our about page, Brooksy has a fantastic picture on there. I encourage everybody to go check it out. It's when he was a model for Calvin Klein. Calvin Klein can send me the check at any time they would like. Now, getting to uh, the second co-host joining your He's a frequent co-host with me on these little Caesar special edition uploads. He's a part of a game sports show and game entertainment and media family as a general sports analyst. You hear his voice, as I mentioned, on these special edition uploads, but as well as on our top shelf edition news shows, in particular, hockey and video experts, the one and only Alex Parr. How's it going, my friend? And how about the wagon that is the game sports show EAHL team? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you introduced Brooksy as the man of a thousand professional games. It's like I don't, I don't have any accolades like that. But NHL twenty-two games, I, I'd blow Brooksy out of the water in that. So yeah, I'll take that. The wagon game sports show team. <laughs> Getting to our special edition guest. This guest is newly retired former NHL and professional hockey player who played in over three hundred and sixty games, posting eleven goals, thirty-eight assists for forty-nine points with two hundred thirty-one penalty minutes and was a defenseman where he played for the Minnesota Wild, St. Louis Blues, and Philadelphia Flyers. He and Minnesota love being together so much that he was actually in many twice in his career. Makes sense, though, because guess where he's from? Minnesota. Another additional fact, D-Man, who played over 25 playoff games, all with the Wild. 
He was undrafted, an alumni of the Sioux Falls Stampede in the USHL, Colorado College in the WCHA before he joined the National Hockey League. This individual has strong ties with the Christian community as well. Let's bring him in now. Let's stop hearing my voice. Let's get him in here. Nate Prosser. Nate, great to have you on here today, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, you know, you're, you're talking me up. I like it. Um, you know, <laughs> 11 goals wasn't many in those 360 games. You know, strictly defensive defenseman here. So mainly <laughs> shutdown kind of guy. But, uh, you know, just uh, just announced my retirement. So, um, you know, looking back now, it was uh, it was a wild journey. And, um, you know, you mentioned all the steps that were there. And, like, you know, Sioux Falls, the CC, to the minors, and the NHL. I, I needed every one of them. So. Yeah, you know, and the big the big thing is to have played and and you know this episode can actually be titled as the ultimate nice guy. Like I looked at <laughs> I looked at your like recent podcast. Everyone's calling you the nicest guy in hockey, Minnesota yeah. fan favorite. But yeah. you know, in the description, it should actually probably state, despite how I want to name the episode, that you knew how to turn that switch off. And that's actually from yeah. your own words. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you've been active in the podcast community since re since retiring. So, yeah. you know, it seems like, is there a future for you in podcasting or broadcasting? <laughs> I don't know. I've been, I've actually gotten asked a few times. There's a guy uh, with Wild, uh, Kevin Falness, uh, that he, he wanted me to get on with him. And then Russo's asked me. Uh, so I, I, it could be in the future. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. My dad always taught me you know, to flip, be able to flip the switch. So, you know, when you ask my opponents, I, I hope they don't say I was Mr. Nice Guy. I hope I was a prick to those guys and kind of piss those guys off. Uh, but then, you know, once I got the ice, I was able to flick it back off. And, you know, I, I, it was never anything personal. I'll go give the guy a hug that I was chirping that night. So, um, you know, just uh, kind of just the way I was raised, I, I guess you can say. Well, I don't think you gave uh, Frank Betrano a hug after you hit him that one time, but I think yeah. we'll, talk, we'll, we'll talk about that. Now, okay. on, this, on the show, we like to go all over, okay? We're known for yeah. that. Scatterbrained, yeah. if people like to refer us as a dog to say squirrel. Well, yeah, that, that's this, yeah. This true. Uh, but okay. we'll be diving into every aspect of your career with hearing those great tales and memories. But th there was a particular YouTube clip. Um, it was downloaded by an account titled Hockey uh, Ministries, if I said it correctly. Uh, it was titled The Incredible Testimony from NHL Defenseman Nate Prosser. Now, yes, I'm giving someone else a bit more publicity on the show, but yeah, checks, yeah. checks can keep coming in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I want to talk about uh, a lot of that. You brought up a few points in there that are really interesting. A lot of discussion about being uh, one of you towards Christian uh, hockey players. Uh, you're giving back to the youth as well in there. Uh, can you talk about that clip and just overall talk about the youth and giving back to the community or over all the youth generation that you were kind of taking part of that was seen in that clip yeah yeah i mean i, I i've always uh um been able to keep faith uh, as the top uh, as the top of my pedestal um so it, was, it always was able to i was always able to keep hockey in a good spot um i knew it came my dad always taught me it's going to come to an end for everybody whether you play varsity hockey at elk river and then you're done at 18 or you play till you're 42 like matt Cullen. you know it's going to come to an end for everybody so Hockey is just what you do. It's not who you are. And I, I kind of always took that to heart. Uh, and then, you know, just, you know, grew up in the, in the church, um, you know, when I was growing up and um, was able to kind of my, fi find my faith in high school and kind of make it my own. And um, so uh, I, I needed to have that faith because, you know, being a depth defenseman, um, there was a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot of frustrations. There's a lot of points of your career where, 
you know, things aren't going well, you're in the press box for a month at a time. And, um, you know, I was always able to kind of lean on that. And, um, and it helped me, you know, always be a positive light in the locker room and be a, a good team guy, you know, cause I played with Ryan Suter and Jared Spurgeon, Jonas Brodine, Matt Dumba. Could you imagine these guys, um, you know, walking in a locker room on a three game losing streak and hearing, you know, uh, the seventh defenseman complain about ice time and not playing and, you know, thinking that I should be getting their minutes. Um, no, they don't want to hear that. So, um, I don't know, just, it, it, it always, uh, was my faith always kind of kept me grounded and humble and, um, you know, helped me shine my light to uh, a, a world that, you know, there's not a lot of Christians in, in hockey. I, I don't know if it's something you guys talk about or not, but, um, there's, it's, it's a, it's a culture that, uh, um, you know, just, we, we don't have time to celebrate or go to church on Sundays. It's, it's hockey, hockey, hockey. And that's all we're kind of focused on. And, um, you know, you see in other, other sports, you know, NFL, they're, they're, they're all kneeling around the, the, the 50 yard line after games. And, um, you know, in baseball they're, they're they do chapels a lot and, you know, hockey is just kind of a world that it's, it's kind of shunned and you're almost kind of looked down upon if you're a Christian, but I wanted to kind of, um, say kind of screw that, you know, somewhat, you know, and be, you know, be able to play hard and play, play, play like a mean SOB when I got on the ice, yeah. but then be able to flick that switch back off uh, when I got off and turned into that, that good guy, you know. See, that's such a strong quote that you said, hockey is what you did, but not who you are. Right. And you mentioned yeah. being known as a good teammate, a, a good father, a good. Yeah. Father. And this is yeah. something that added drive to both your life and your game. Right. And yeah. I believe uh, I, again, research kicking in. I believe you mentioned you had four children. Am I correct? Yeah, I got, I got four daughters, four daughters. See, yeah, I, yeah. It, it takes a man to raise daughters. Just so you know, like, I, want <laughs> yeah. people, I, want people to, I don't know that I don't have any young ones running around yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. the world for that. Uh, but you know, it's honestly, that was such a strong quote. And that's why I want to bring up that clip because the, the, the quotes you're going off in there were just, absolutely amazing yeah yeah uh i mean the reason i have but first of all i have four daughters i, I just kept trying because i always dreamed of having a boy and you know i had two girls i'm like all right let's go another one another girl then i'm like all right last one another girl so just it wasn't in the cards for me just you know i don't, I don't know what what my, my what my sperm was doing or what, where, what was where it was going but um uh but uh no you know just going back to the quote i mean who wants to be no like on my gravestone? I don't want to say Nate Prosser, good hockey player, played in the NHL, was a defensive defenseman. No, I want to say a good friend, good teammate, good father, good husband, um, good son, good brother. You know, you know, was a light to the world. You know, like like I told you, hockey's gonna come and go. You know, it, it's whether you're Yarmir Yager or you're you know Joe Schmo that just played you know junior varsity and or junior gold in high school you know it's your time's gonna come I, I was just able to kind of find a niche and a role on in a in a spot uh, you know if I was gonna be that seventh defenseman I was gonna you know tell myself like I'm just gonna be the best seventh defenseman I can be and try to stick around as long as I can and try to find that little niche and role and I was able to do that and. Um, but for surely, uh, you know, my, my faith is uh, number one in my life. And, you know, it, it's, it's hard for a lot of pro athletes to say that because you, all you ever are kind of encompassed in is uh, being an athlete and taking care of your body and worrying about the sport. And, you know, a lot of guys can't shut it off. 
you know, they get out of the rink and they're still thinking hockey, 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 eat, drink, uh, sleep hockey. And, you know, you know, being, having that faith and that foundation in my life was, was it kind of able to shut it off, you know, when, when I needed to. And, um, you know, obviously having a wife and four kids did that too. You definitely. And you know what, honestly, I, I love how you mentioned you brought, you had four opportunities. You know, it had their tails. I got heads every time. <laughs> hey, I just wanted to say, you know, I think that just, that says a lot about you, you know, and they always say in hockey, know your role. And yeah. I think, uh, you know, I think that's why you're able to play so long in the NHL, you know, because you knew it and you embraced it. And the, the problem is a lot of guys I find, don't embrace it because they want 100%. more. They want more, and then they start to make mistakes. And next thing you know, 100%. you're so interchangeable these days because there's so many good hockey players out there. Crazy. So you, you have to be all those things. You got to be a good room guy. You got to be a good team. For you sure. got to be good off the ice. There's just so many things that come into play. And uh, that, kudos to you because that just shows that you are all those things. Thanks a lot. I mean, you are literally hitting the nail on the head with everything. It's just it's crazy. All these, you know, I came from college, I was undrafted and, you know, it's a culture shock for a lot of college players or junior players that, you know, they're playing all these minutes in college and juniors and they're playing power play. They're playing half the game. They're playing, you know, doing penalty kill. They're thinking that's, that's what they're going to be when they get into pro hockey. Well, all of a sudden their pro coach says, well, I see you as a third set defenseman and a penalty killer, and you're going to play 12 minutes a night. I mean, there's just a lot of college and junior players that go, oh, my gosh, like that, that I can't do that. You got to trade me. You got to move me, uh, you know, and then they start complaining and start being negative. And, well, what's that? What good is that going to do for you? So I was able to just, I, you know, I, I was all those things in, in, at Colorado College. I played power play. I played half the game. You know, I was, I was a big part of that team. All of a sudden, I get into pro hockey, and Mike Yo, my first head coach, says, well, you know, you're, you're not going to be that in the NHL. You're going to be a penalty killer. You're going to be a defensive defenseman. You're going to need to shut down. You're going to need to play like a prick. Okay, well, it, it, it wasn't a culture shock for me because I just want to do whatever I could to reach my goal, reach my dream of being in the NHL. And then I got advice when I was in the minors from like guys like Patrick O'Sullivan and Jed Ortmeier tell me, you know, a lot of people get a crack at the NHL. It's what you can do to stay there is that's going to make the difference for you. And, and I was just able to kind of embrace that, that role that I got from Mike Yo and that niche and kind of ride it out as long as I could, you know, I, you know, played 11 years of pro hockey and I, I thought I was going to play one or two. See, and the thing is, and before we go over to Alex, so you talk about growing up in Minnesota, you know, that, I think that's a mistake that a lot of youth make in hockey. And that is where they think they're that, goal scorer they think they're that perennial all-star on that team the face of that team despite whatever team you're on and then they yeah. get to the next level and that changes you yeah know, a, a friend of ours a uh, friend of the show friend of mine tyler kennedy when he was playing for the sioux greyhounds there's a guy that lit the lamp right uh, yeah. and was the first line guy and yes he has a stanley cup with pittsburgh but he was a third line grinder on pittsburgh yeah. on that big famous third line i believe he had cook was the other winger but he had jordan Smith yeah with him Cookie. yeah and the thing is you have uh, his role changed right but it's he was able to adapt because he had that speed and that grind that kind of he likes yeah. the corner so he adjusted but there's yeah. some guys that don't adjust right yeah. and yeah. you were able to like you know as you grew up being a, maybe a specific defenseman when you get to the nhl it's a different role 
but yeah. you always played, I can tell with that kind of niche that you had that chip on your shoulder, that you were, yeah. you were one for the team. And if you're able to yeah. be one for the team and do anything for the team and you adapt to that, that's, what's going to make you successful as a player and bring the best for your team overall. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I was, I was team first guy and, um, a, a couple of years in, we signed Ryan Suter to a long 13 year deal. So I'm like, okay, well, this guy's going to play 30 minutes a night. Um, uh, if, if I'm going to be number six or seven, you know, there's not many more minutes to get thrown around. So, yeah. um, I had to embrace playing and maybe it was going to be nine or 10 minutes. Maybe it was gonna be 12 or 13, but I, I was going to make sure in those minutes, my, I needed to, to prove myself. I needed to play with an attitude. I needed to have a work ethic. I want everyone in the building to know like, wow, look out, look at he, I mean, he doesn't take a shift off type of deal. And, um, that's, that's kind of what I hung my hat on. Yeah. Alex over to you. Now I want to know the conversations that happen go that go between being undrafted and signing your first contract, what conversations, who's reaching out to who, well, how does any of that get in motion from originally not being touted enough to be drafted? Yeah. Um, well, I was a late bloomer. I, uh, I remember going, well, first I, I you know, I made, I, I think I made B Peewee's my first year and then a, the next, and then, you know, a Bantams. And then, um, I, I, I didn't go through puberty until I was like a sophomore in high school. So, you know, we'd go up to, uh, Brandon, Manitoba for like a triple A tournament. My, my dad would fear for my life up there. Like those guys all had armpit hair and shaving their face. Well, I didn't, I didn't have that going on yet. Like I, I you know, my voice might've been cracking, but nothing like the, what these guys, these guys were men. I was still a little boy. So I was the late bloomer. So I wasn't on anyone's radar for, uh, uh you know, a lot of years. And, um, between the ages from like 17, I, I went to Sioux Falls, uh, in the USHL. Um, I think from 17 to like 23, I just continued to, to get better and better. And I, I started becoming more of a man and growing up, you know, you see guys in the NHL nowadays getting in at 19 or 20, there was no, there was 0% chance I could have done that. I needed every step of the way to get there. So um at cc we we lost to duluth in the playoffs up at up in up in duluth and i remember my agent uh he said instead of going back on the plane with your team back to colorado um come back with me to the office in minneapolis i'm like what why what what's going on he's like you got a lot of interest and and in the back of my mind i'm like okay that's cool i i love interest i want to play pro hockey but does that mean the ahl nhl i don't really know um, or, you know, am I going to the co coast? I don't even know. Like, so, um, you know, being undrafted, um, I was able to kind of go and sit down with them. We had six teams interested, I think it was. So, you know, like Philly and Boston, Anaheim, Minnesota, um, um, couple others. And it, it was kind of a, a no brainer for me to try to make the Minnesota deal work, just hometown, um, you know, try to make the wild it was the team that I grew up going down watching it was you know obviously kind of a dreams dream type scenario um so I said I'll sign with the wild if you keep me up I'll sign with you guys if you keep me up this last month of the year and let me be with the NHL team and just practice and they're like okay we'll do that we'll let you um come play with the big squad get to know the trainers the, the players the coaches get get a get a feel for what life is like in pro hockey i'm like okay that's awesome so i signed with minnesota and i just remember sitting you know being at my parents house um because i was still like living at home when i was 23 
you know, I, you know, I was still in college. I was come back in the summers, live with my parents. So I never rip on people when they're at home and, and it's and they're like in their twenties and, you know, older twenties. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm all for it. Save money and all that kind of stuff. So I, I remember that uh, conversation vividly with, I was standing outside with my mom and my brother. I can't remember where, where my dad was, but I'm surprised he wasn't there, but um, got a call from Chuck Fletcher and said, yeah, we're, we're, we're ready to do this. Let's, let's sign on the deadline and um, you get on the plane tomorrow. You'll go meet the team. I think they're in Nashville or Columbus. So, um, you know, I just remember going in tears with, with my brother and my, my mom, and we're kind of jumping up and down yelling at the top of our lungs outside of our house. And um, it, it was just kind of a joyful moment. Just, I don't know. It, it always, there were so many people along the way that told me like, there's no way I was going to do it. Cause like I said, I was the underdog. I was, I was late to, to get through, get to puberty. I was kind of a slower defenseman. Uh, you know, didn't have the greatest shot, you know, and, and I was able to develop all this between those ages. So when I, whenever I get a call from a, a, a parent around the neighborhood and they ask, you know, my, my kid, he's 12 year old, he made the B team. I'm like, calm down, calm down. Like you have so many more years to develop. Like you don't even want the best 12 year old. Talk to me when he's 18 or 19, you want the best 18 or 19 year old. Let's, let's talk then. Um, so, um, I kind of get off track here, but, uh, you know, it just, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I remember that, that conversation vividly. I got on the airplane and yeah, they said we couldn't guarantee any games, but come practice with us. So I, I did that. I, I was there for three weeks. All of a sudden three defensemen get hurt. I think it was like Merrick Zidlicki, um, Nick Schultz, and Greg Zanin. Uh, you know, someone got hurt in morning skate. And the coach, Todd Richards, comes up to me and is like, Pross, are you ready? I'm like, ready? Re ready for what? And we're up in Edmonton. <laughs> and he's like, hey, you're, you're in the lineup tonight. Are you ready to go? I'm like, oh, yeah, of course I am. So, oh, man, like that first game, I remember like it was yesterday. It was crazy. See, and I love how you – bring that in because now this will bring up two good things as I know uh, Brooksy will talk about the playing side but Minnesota you talked about saying you were that's a team that you were cheering for right yeah into the National Hockey League when I, I guess and yeah I did see your age uh not 14 I believe you were 14 years old when Minnesota came into the league so like you were yeah. an instant fan of the team yeah and was there somebody who was the love interest beforehand before Minnesota that you cheered for, or was it just kind of 14 was when you started really following the national hockey league? No, I, I love the NHL. I remember watching with my dad all the time, but, but it, we're in Minnesota too. So there's a lot of college hockey, a lot of high school hockey. I grew up in Elk river where I got to watch Dan Hineout. I was able to watch Paul Martin. Paul Martin was like kind of, kind of a, a guy that, you know, he's five, six years older than me. So I was able to watch him in Bantams and in high school. And my, I mean, this guy, my jaw hit the floor watching this guy. It's just amazing. Um, but uh, oh, where was it? Where were we going? What was the question? Sorry. No, was there somebody, was there another oh, yeah, team yeah, yeah, before yeah. Minnesota? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, I, I love watching Chris Pronger. Um, just uh, a tough guy that, you know, played in every situation, always made the playoffs, was, you know, almost like kind of took the team under his wing. You know, um, I, I, I just uh, love what he played hard, physical, like if you're in front of the net, he's going to make you pay. You know, you're going to get bruised up and you hated dumping the puck in the corner in his corner because he's going to try putting you in row D. I, I, I think he he was like uh, the one of the greatest defensemen for me to watch.
guy chugged a beer at his jersey. Six what, you that. what a savage. Oh, love yeah, it. I know. Legend. Yeah. all you. Yeah, so I'm going to kind of go back here a bit uh, just to get to Sioux Falls time there where you were playing. And, you know, I'm just curious, you know, what did you do to, you know, prepare yourself for college, you know, because, you know, you're at that age and around that time, you know, coaches are probably, oh, you need to do this to go here. Was there, you know, was there a bunch of teams telling you, you know, this is what you need to work on? And, uh, you know, is that is that what you went with? Yeah, uh, well, actually, because I was, uh, you know, I keep saying this, I was a late bloomer. I was, you know, <laughs> I didn't have many teams talking to me. I, I wanted to play college hockey, and my goal was to play in the WCHA. Just uh, as the, I grew up watching the Gophers. I was, you know, grew up watching St. Cloud State, just kind of, you know, the teams in between me and Elk River. Um, so I didn't really have many teams telling me, hey, work on this or that to get to that next level. But, um, you know, a lot of people were telling me, you know, coaches in Sioux Falls and, you know, high school coaches and parents and stuff saying, you know, my foot speed isn't the best. So I took it upon myself to, you know, make sure in the summers I was out at the track working on sprints or plyometrics. I I was, I I had a great work ethic and I I don't like tooting my own horns or or anything like that. You know, I'm a humble guy, but um, when my buddies were going out and doing something, I made sure to get my workout in first. I made sure to, you know, shoot the pucks. I always wanted to work harder. If I knew a, 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 an opponent was working two hours a day, I wanted to work three hours a day. And, you know, it just, you know, it was the drive that was in me and um, I never lost it. And I, I had it for my whole career. I, I just, I, I was told that, you know, my foot speed wasn't there. So that, that was a certain thing that I always wanted to work on. And then, you know, I always wanted to get a, get a harder shot. So that was something that one of the other things I worked on. And, um, but uh, I, I, I grew up going, uh, going to a lot of WCHA games and um so I I my goal was I I grew up I I grew up in Elk River it was a blue collar city um and my parents you know didn't have a ton of money like I remember my dad telling me just recently if I needed a new pair of skates I needed to wait till the following Friday till he got his paycheck to get those skates so in the back of my mind I wanted to do whatever I could to, you know, take care of college to take that off my parents' plate. I, I didn't want right. them paying for college. So I wanted to try to get a full scholarship and um, just, yeah. you know, well, yeah. you end up, you know, obviously you end up choosing Colorado college, which is a great school. And I, I know some of the alumni, I don't know if you ever go back for the alumni stuff like uh, Colin and uh, the, the Stewart brothers. Yeah. You know, I'm, I've got to play with those guys. So, you know, I, it's an amazing school. And I'm just wondering, was that the one school that uh, what showed the most interest or was there a couple other ones? Uh, and why did you decide to go to Colorado? Um, I uh, so growing up, we went to Colorado on a couple of family trips and I love the state. I love the mountains. I love just being away and away from Minnesota. It's so much different than Minnesota. It's, you know, Minnesota is obviously flat and cold and we don't see the sun much. You go to Colorado, like sun's out all the time. You got beautiful mountains, beautiful scenery. And um, so I wanted to get away from home a little bit. You know, I was at a, I was at an age, I was 19 or 20 years old. And I'm like, okay, I would love to stay in the WCHA, but get away. So my I thought Denver or CC were kind of my top two. And um, I took visits to both. I was just kind of at, at a spot where, I wasn't going to be picky between the two of them. Whoever came first kind of with that full scholarship, I was kind of going to ride out and it just happened to be CC. And 
um, I, I, no regrets at all. It, I, it was a tight knit group and, um, it, outside my dorm room window is Pikes Peak, you know, a snow tip mountain. I mean, we were able to hike it a lot and there's just so much activity to do out there. I, I, I definitely could have lived in Colorado the rest of my life. I loved it out there. Oh, it's, I've heard it's absolutely beautiful. It's one of the more beautiful States in America is the one is what I've heard. I know there's a lot of States to cover with that, but I've heard positive about Denver. Now you obviously with, you going forward now to even when you put on the Minnesota wild Jersey for the first time, right? Yeah. You put that on, you mentioned that a few moments ago, you get in the lineup. I believe you mentioned the Edmonton Oilers. Um, yeah. Connor McDavid wasn't there yet. Um, not yet. No. Uh, <laughs> thank God. Thank the, thank the Lord. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but yeah. you, you're playing in it. Was it in Edmonton or Minnesota? Your first in Edmonton. Yeah. Edmonton. Okay. So, you put on that Jersey. What is your thought? Right. Cause now, like you said, a team that you cheered for and all those people that told you, you couldn't basically, and I'm going to say it loosely, fuck them now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Seriously. You made it now. And yeah, but all these thoughts are going through. Oh, man. Mind. I want you yeah. to just, what was that first when you grabbed that Jersey and you put it over your head and you start putting that, I'm guessing left arm first, right arm second. Let's <laughs> uh, yeah. What was your thought process? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and I was sitting across the locker room from Andrew Burnett, a guy that I grew up watching, you know, he had that, that famous goal against Colorado, you know, backhand or forehand backhand between Patrick Waugh's legs. Like I remember all those and it was in a game seven to advance in the, in the playoffs. Um, and then Koivu and, you know, there's some other, you know, Nick Schultz. Um, so just a lot of guys that I grew up watching. I'm like, no way do I belong in this locker room, but uh, as soon as the puck dropped, like that, that fear, that, 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 that anxiety just, you know, leaves, you're just like, okay, I, I'm just playing hockey now. And, um, you know, putting on that Jersey, there was, I mean, it's full of emotions, especially after the game. That's when it kind of hit me the most is like, I actually played in the NHL. Like even my, you know, th- there's so many people along the way that said there's, you know, no way, like I never made a good, the best triple A team Like I never, you know, I was recruited by the Gophers. I was never drafted. I was, you know, never, you know, I was never counted on to score a big goal growing up on any of my youth teams. So I, I was just, I was kind of pushed to the back burner and um, to kind of, you know, like you said, say uh, F off a little bit, like <laughs> I'm here uh, I, and I'm, I'm going to try to do what I can to stay here. And um, I remember that game. I, I got an assist. I was, I think I was plus one. Um, so I, I was able to get on the the brasses radar right out of the hop. Um, they, I mean, they had to be somewhat impressed that, you know, guy played in college four weeks earlier was able to come and, you know, play well and have success. Um, so it, uh, it was, a, it's definitely one of those games I'll never forget. And then they you know two nights later, I was in Calgary, played that one because those defensemen was still hurt. And then like two nights later, I was at the XL uh, against Dallas. So, I played the last three games of the, of the season um, uh, with the Wild, and it was, uh, I was yeah, like I said, I was able to get on the radar. I, I played really well in those three games, and um, so it, it helped me as the you know the next season came around, and then the following, and everything like that. Well, it's it's pretty amazing, you know. Like they always say, you get this opportunity, and it's like, what are you gonna do with this opportunity? Because, like you said, three guys got hurt. Yeah. And you were able to go in and you know what? The chances of that are slim. 
You know, oh that doesn't God. happen all the time. No. And then you get this opportunity and it's what you do with it because I've known a lot of guys that have had that opportunity and it didn't go as well. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, this is your time. What are you going to do? You got, you got one game maybe. And obviously, you know, you did well enough to get the next. And then yeah. until you establish yourself, you just got to keep doing it. And, yeah. Uh, you found, you found a way. Yeah, for sure. Brooks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Just hearing you talk, you know the ins and outs of the game, and you know you, you see it really well. Because um, I, I I saw all that as well. I, I I saw guys have so much success in the American Hockey League, and then it never translated to the NHL. It's like, well, dude, when you get up there, you you gotta you can't grip your stick. You gotta play the way you're playing down here and perform yeah. the way you're performing. You and gotta a lot actually of, be it, more relaxed. Yeah, exactly. And, it, and it, it's it's a hard thing to do because they're that you can feel the intensity and the pressure ramp so, so much more in the NHL. I mean, there's, there's, there's more media, there's more fans, there's, there's so much more to it. There's, you know, coaches, meetings, videos. I mean, everything ramps up with the NHL and um, maybe that's the pressure that certain guys can't grasp, but um, you know, like it was a gift from God to, to have, I mean, I never wished injury upon anybody, but to have three defensemen get hurt in like two days is like crazy. To get that opportunity was was awesome, and um, yeah, I, I think uh, it, it's 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 something that I, I was trying to teach a lot of the younger guys. I was in the minors um, in Iowa and Lehigh Valley um, a couple of years ago, and I, I was trying to tell these young guys like, "Hey, when you get the opportunity, because you're eventually going to get the opportunity, got to run with it. You got to run with it. You got to." you know, perform at the top of your level, play the game that um, they, they know you're going to bring, bring that. So now par, we both know that Minnesota, uh, like from following hockey, you know, uh, I didn't go as far as Brooksy. Uh, I was the junior washout. Brooksy was the professional yeah. legend and par is the video. Game I was just a thousand games. I don't That's know. Insane. I don't That's... even know how, where it went. Yeah. <laughs> how many years? You know did what? You play? I played the, uh, I started at 18 my first year pro. I played 22 years. I retired at 40. Holy crap. Yeah. Congrats thing, on uh, next Yeah. Uh, Europe. Eight, I, you I started at 18? 18, yeah. I played in the UHL, and I just worked my way up and battled through it. Crazy. Yeah. Like, the, like so, I told you, like, there's no yeah. – I was – there was no way I was ready at 18. Like, I, I graduated yeah. at Colorado College. I was 24, and – yeah. I'm like, I still don't know if I'm ready. Yeah. You know, I like, wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. <laughs> yeah. but I, just was, I was thrown to the wolves. Well, Bruce Brudrow actually was the guy who kind of sent me to this minor league team. Uh, yeah. That was the best minor league team. And uh, our coach at the time was Paul Gillis. who you, yeah. I don't know if you remember him. He was the captain of the Nordiques back in the day. And yeah. uh, it was the best thing to ever happen to me because he coached me and he, he ma- turned me as an 18 year old with speed and no clue where I'm going into yeah. a player of, you know, adjusting to pro. And the best thing yeah. for me was to go through all those levels to end up getting an NHL contract. Yeah. Yeah. So true. You guys are definitely going to chat about Bruce Brudrow a bit more. <laughs> I know you know. Even Alex, as I was saying, you and I both, it's watching it. And Minnesota has a very energetic fan base. Okay. Like the yeah. state of hockey, you know, and I'll let you go into that bit more, Alex. Yeah. Is it one of, or is it the most passionate fan base in America? Yeah, I would say it's the, probably the most passionate in America. I mean, Canadians are nuts. 
uh, hockey. Oh, we're insane. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm a Leafs fan. I should be in a mental ward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a religion for you guys up there. Hockey, you guys. I mean, when I talk about like God, I mean, hockey is is everything for you guys up there. <laughs> the of hockey is our God. We that's what I. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You guys eat, sleep, drink hockey. It's nuts. But um, as far as America, I I think Minnesota is right up there i mean it's you should hear i mean we i was able to play in those 25 playoff games and it was nuts like i talked about uh you know feeling pressure and intensity it was ramped up tenfold it was it was the best thing i was ever a part of those playoff games are are one of a kind and uh there's the fans that made it like that it's they surround you with with um with 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 support and um it's a it's a great fan base because everyone loves hockey I, there's nothing else to do right now it's you know minus 10 degrees out there's nothing else to do but go to into a hockey rink so all, every kid plays hockey and everyone loves the wild and they go wild sorry yeah <laughs> oh, oh, you're better than that <laughs> i had to sorry fellas alex yeah. I'll let you go. Yeah, I want to know if the myth and the legend surrounding Danny Heatley is all up to what they say it is. Oh, yeah. They say he's a rock star. I gotta know. I gotta know. What's it like sharing a locker room with that guy? He is a rock. He's one of a kind. He's a rock star. I, I was. I had the pleasure of, you know, kind of getting tight with him. You know, a lot of guys uh, kind of tiptoed around him and everything, but I, I was able to get tight with him. He's he is one of a kind. He lived hard he lived the nhl lifestyle like to its utmost and um he he was a great guy i mean he literally would take his shirt off the back and giving it to giving it to you if you if you're his buddy um but he he is the the man and the myth and the legend he you know <laughs> he he i have stories for days about that guy and um i was able to sit across the plane from him um i was in the poker game with him and i shouldn't have been because i was at, i was at a poker table with guys making, you know, he's making seven mil. There's guys yeah, all making, making Danny Healy mil. money. Yeah, I know. And I'm like league minimum and I'm playing at a poker table with these guys. It was messed up, but um, just, you know, this laugh and just the stories you would tell. And um, he was one if of If you're a, a rookie, if you're a rookie, are you allowed to win those poker games or do you have to throw them? No, I know. I, I, I waited a couple of years before I joined, but yeah, um, I, I remember a couple guys would get on the plane before him and Zen and Kanapka would get so mad. He's like, are you getting on the airplane before Danny fucking Heatley? Like, what are you? And he would like go grab him, grab him by the trap. Or, you know, you couldn't go through the, through the meal line before Danny Heatley. I mean, it, he was just, he was the man. Like, and he walked around like the man. He, he had a stride to him that, you know, when he walked into a bar, I mean, it, he's, he, he ran the place. Uh, just, yeah, uh, it was so funny. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off there, Dave. Well, you just mentioned Zen and Kanaka. So he's a, a hometown friend of mine. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, I've known him, you know, forever. And ZK2A. Is he not intense? <laughs> is, he, is, is he not intense? Because in our, we used to play on the same summer hockey team. And it, he had pregame speeches. Oh he had gosh. everything going. <laughs> everything. He was, hey, and if you weren't working hard, he would yell at you. He'd shoot the oh, fuck at God. you. He was, he's as intense he's, as they come. And he's strong as a bear. So like, if oh, he, yeah. if you really pissed off, he, like I told you, he would grab your trap. He would try to like ripping your trap out of your neck. Like 
And he, I, I didn't want to, no one wanted to mess with the guy because, you know, he, there's, there's probably a couple of screws loose upstairs. He might just oh, knock yeah. you out. I mean, he, oh, yeah. he says intense to the camp. He oh, yeah. would, you know, before the games, he would do the speeches and then he would, you know, yell at a guy to turn a song on. As soon as his song came on, he got out and like did some like crazy dance to it and singing to it and like banging a stick, trying to pump guys up. I mean, oh, yeah. he was the ultimate team guy for sure. Oh yeah. That. See that that's the kind of stuff that the fans don't get to see, but like the lightness oh, is so key. And it's so great that we get to hear that because I know yeah. knowing them, that, might, that must make Brooks even laugh more. But yeah, especially like the Danny Heatley, and there's even more players like to dive into here shortly, like Zach Parise, yeah, but Brett Burns. Like yeah. we we cannot not talk about Brent Burns either. The guy in Minnesota, if you look at his picture, evolution, yeah. the guy just evolved into like uh chewbacca Star Wars. Yeah, I know. I was, like honestly he had no he had no beard the hair was yeah. cut he cared about his appearance yeah. or no offense i think uh but yeah. then he went and moved he on thinks. now he's on the kid uh, the kit kat chunky again kit kat you can send me a check uh jack links. yeah yeah the jack, jack links yeah yes. send him the check <laughs> i think that's why he's doing it I think he's like the Sasquatch for Jack Links or something. Like, I think he gets paid to do it. Um, but he was another guy that had some freaky strength as Brent Burns. He, I remember signing my contract. Uh, Casey Wellman was another college signing with me. Brent Burns loved to like wrestle and grapple with guys. And he, I remember he choked out Casey Wellman in Vancouver before a game. We're all like, what are you doing? Like, dude, settle down, settle down. He, Casey, you know, ends up falling asleep we're all like oh my gosh dude like you choked him <laughs> out and, and like he came to eventually and it was like what happened and we're all like bernsey like you they're taking this weight like he always went too far like but he loved he, he didn't know how strong he was he's just like a big I, I mean you wouldn't look at him and be like holy crap he must be strong because he it wasn't very jack but he just was strong as an ox uh, now it's literally he played forward in D. Now he plays D for for San Jose. Like that's a talent. Him and Big Buff are two different people out of this world. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. With Brent, like now having the longest beard in the league and all that. But there's a side thing I heard about him that he's a big fan of reptiles. Yeah. I think he has snakes, snails. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know if yeah. snails a reptile. I might sound yeah. by saying yeah. that. But yeah. <laughs> well, what's crazy is my my brother and they uh he bought a dog from Brent burns i don't know how it all happened but he went over to his house and and was like oh you're brent burns and they kind of hit it off they kicked it off and became really good buddies my brother was in brent burns wedding as you know one of his like groomsmen um but he was telling me all this stuff about him like you know he's got parrots and he's got you know a ton of snakes that have even gotten out of their cages at his house he's yeah you know, he has a ton of dogs he's uh um I, he's just a weird cat i mean he's it reads like mythology and samurai type stuff uh, books and you know he he always like was afraid like the north koreans were gonna attack he like had like a a, a backpack like ready to you know to get out survival the woods and protect his survival backpack <laughs> you know survival in the woods with his family just like this guy is like out there Oh, does God. he have a bunker? Does he have like a, a doomsday bunker too? I honestly wouldn't doubt it. I mean, the, how big and massive his places was, I bet there was some kind of uh, safe room in his house for sure. Some labyrinth of tunnels underneath. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why for does sure. he fix his teeth? I don't understand. I feel like if What's I. What's the point? He's going to lose more. He's going to lose <laughs> yeah. more. There's no point. Yeah. 
I know. I, I skated with him in the summers a bunch too. Yeah. He, well, uh, when he retires. He, yeah. 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 So yeah, he would come back to Minnesota because his wife is from Minnesota and um, he'd skate, you train here in the summers and his skill level was at a whole nother level uh, than the group that we had. I mean, he had the longest stick and he, it, it didn't shock me. He could go defense or forward or whatnot. I mean, he could have played any position is he could skate. He had a shot. He, I mean, he, he's kind of got all the tools to be a stinking stud. And obviously he is. <laughs> not gonna lie he kind of looks like a stink, stinky guy I, that's probably <laughs> I know. yeah i know well and then and then he pulls his hair back into like a little bun for warm-ups and i mean it's just like he looks like he's like uh you know ready to get on a horse and you know you know be a samurai <laughs> fighter for you know that movie with tom cruise and um and you know I'm he's just picturing kill guy. bill and just like, I'm, yeah i know I mean, like that, that, I mean, he's nuts. Legendary. Legendary. Yeah. But now I want to, we'll go into, I know we said we're going to talk about uh, the Frank Fratrano. I had, I, had, I want to dive into fights, but we might not be able to get to that if we do great, but I want to keep going. Cause the next thing I had was Bruce Boudreaux and I want you and Brooksy to go a little bit here. You know, we had the fortunate to have Bruce on. I should have the episode number, but you know what? Listeners and viewers, I don't. So I'm not organized with that. But we had Bruce Boudreaux on. And when we had Bruce on, he was a free agent, quote unquote. Now that yeah. this interview, barring anything happens, uh, he's still going to be the Vancouver coach. <laughs> he's doing yeah. well there. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the, he broke some news on our show where he said, you know, that he w- w- was interested in going to Toronto to be an assistant coach. I remember calling out Kyle Dubas and trying to get them to do it. They didn't do it. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Didn't pay attention to our feed at all. Uh, but <laughs> Bruce Boudreaux, when he was on the show, talked about Ovechkin coaching. He loved, he complimented Minnesota a good deal as well. Uh, he, yeah. he had a lot of uh, history there in Minnesota. Brooksy, yeah. you know him quite well. He's a close family friend. His son is coaching in the East Coast uh, with the Comets, and the Comets are doing quite well. They actually have a Sioux guy on their team, and our, our former three-on-three champ goalie, Brooksy, Mario Kaluna, you probably know that, or maybe you don't. Oh, yeah. uh, I do. I uh, do. So he's uh, – so a lot of ties there with Brooksy. So, Brooksy, I'm going to go over to you to talk a bit more – to Nate about Bruce. I know you did a little bit earlier. Yeah. Get some more. yeah. No, I'm just curious, you know, like, uh, cause I know him, you know, personally and, you know, yeah. since you, you had him, you know, when he came into Minnesota, you know, how, how quickly did the guys, cause I've seen what's happened in Vancouver. Um, yeah. I haven't, you haven't heard as much when he went to Minnesota. So I'm just curious, you know, how that was when his first, first time getting in there and he's taking over and meeting the guys, like how that all went in. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know how uh, a change can always kind of light a fire on a lot under a lot of guys' ass. And he was good to get in there. And he's kind of a, you know, for the most part, a player's coach. So he had individual conversations with just about everybody and, you know, changed some systems here and there, you know, kind of made it. Minnesota's always kind of been a defense first. We'd like to win games one nothing or 2-1. He kind of almost changed that mindset and that culture to where, okay, we're going to, if you got a play to make, make the play type deal. We're not chipping and chasing all the, all the dang time. So um, it, it was a breath of fresh air for a lot of guys, especially all the forwards. They, they really embraced them. And um, he was always good to me. He, he, he always was shot me straight. You know, you know, in pro hockey, 
you, you get fed a lot of crap, you know, from a lot of coaches that, you know, want to, you know, want to just uh, tell you people, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they want to like, you know, as a depth defenseman, they're like, well, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. You're, you're close. You know, he always shot me straight. He's, you know, would tell me how I'm playing or tell me the situation that I was in. And I, I loved his honesty with me. And that that's the first and foremost, what, what drew me closest to Bruce Boudreaux. Cause um, you know, I always had Mike Yo. Mike Yo was my head coach, basically all my 11 years almost. And for a short time there, it was Bruce Boudreaux. And um, I, I just loved when he called me in, he, he's just a straight shooter. He, 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 he knew what I, you know, he, he knew what I wanted here, but it wasn't just that it was like, Hey, you know, you need to work on this or that. And, you know, we, you know, we're going to rock with these guys until further notice or whatever. So I was able to kind of wrap my head around, um, you know, being out of lineup, if that was the case, or when I got in, what I needed to do. And, he, he made it more comfortable, comfortable for me when I did get in. He's like, don't play to not make a mistake. Get in there and play it like a hard game, you know. Bruce, there it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I can totally see why a breath of fresh air was needed in Vancouver. And he came in and, um, you know, having success again. It's Bruce, there it is. I mean, he, hey. he, he, yeah. keeps, he keeps doing that. Wherever he goes, he, he wins, right? I mean. There's a reason for that. He was in Vancouver. They won Anaheim. They won Minnesota. We won Vancouver. Went, I mean, it, it's pretty bizarre. It's a, that's, it's not a, it's when it happens more than once, it's more than a coincidence. It's a yeah. certain kind of a background, right? And, and obviously you did play in Philly and St. Louis. So I kind of feel obligated making sure I give them a little love too. You know, St. Louis is a yeah. franchise who, you know, has done pretty well lately, obviously recently winning the cup, Philadelphia, uh, I feel bad for Claude Giroux there. Uh, yeah. I, I do think Carter Hart, uh, or as some viewers like to come, kind of hot. Uh, yeah. I really yeah. feel like uh, that he is the future of Canadian goaltending. Now people think I may be crazy for saying that, but it's, yeah. you know, I, I know I, he wasn't there when uh, you, yes, he was there. Jeez, yeah. yes, 2020, yeah. 2020, yes, he was there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Like he was more, like you've seen, you've been with him. Like how does the future look for Carter Hart and Claude Giroux, he there's a guy that if anyone deserves a cup in the league next to Thornton Marlowe, yeah. he's up there, you know, that's a guy that's hundred percent. Yeah. I signed uh, with St. Louis twice mm-hmm. and I didn't make the team out of camp. So they put me on waivers. I, I went back to Minnesota right away. It was like in uh, October. Then I signed there two years later, both years, Mike Yo was there. So, I mean, there's a reason, I mean, so many times throughout, my career, I needed to find Mike Yo and Chuck Fletcher to, you know, kind of keep me going. <laughs> um, uh, Brooksy, I'm sure there was some guys in your path that you know, just knew exactly what you're going to bring night in and night out. What yeah. kind of guy you were in the locker room? What kind of, what kind of work ethic do you have? What kind of guy are you? Uh, I mean, everything. So those two knew exactly that. And, um, and then two years later, I, I signed again with St. Louis. And this time I stayed till like Thanksgiving and then I've got put on waivers and Minnesota coming back again. So kind of a weird way I, I, I got back. I'm like, Chuck, why don't you just sign me in the summer both times? And, you know, just kind of <laughs> nature of the business that, you know, it just didn't work out, but um, um, where are we going? And then, yeah, I signed with Philly. I, uh, Mike Yo was a D coach out there and Chuck Fletcher was a GM sent out there a two-year deal. First year I was down in Lehigh Valley the whole year, just captain. Um, 
you know, trying to guide the young guys. And I love that. I love being in that role. I loved um, kind of, it almost felt like I was like the player coach, freaking Reggie Dunlop, you know, just like, um, like, you know, play and then help, help guide guys. Cause so many kids these days, they have what it takes on the ice or they can stick handle. They're good on their edges or fast skaters. They, and they know what plays to make, but off the ice, they need, they need guidance. They need help other from a person other than their dad. And I loved kind of being in that spot. And then the next year was the COVID year. Um, we played um, from January to June and um, I was on the taxi squad basically all year. I played um, I think seven games with the flyers. So I didn't know, I thought my NHL career was done. I thought I was just going to, you know, finish out in the American league. Uh, so it was a blessing to play seven more games with the flyers and kind of get to know some guys. I, I was able to, get get to be buddies with Kevin Hayes and Claude Giroux and I mean Claude Giroux is like the ultimate leader like if there's ever a leader in the NHL like that is the the captain of the league it's him like this guy he everything runs through him he 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 coaches have to you know everything has to run through him I mean he all the players look up to him. I mean, he, he has the team on his back. You take, you know, it's all those cliches. You take the bulls by the horn. I mean, this guy, um, he, I know how much losing affects him. And um, I, I, I've been reading recently that, you know, maybe he's going to get traded to, you know, a team that's in contention. Um, if there's ever a guy that needs to win a cup and that should, it's him. Um, it's, it's just, I think that they're kind of leaving it up to him if he wants to be a, a career flyer or a, a lifer flyer or not. And, you know, Carter Hart, um, you know, he had, he had that great uh, first year and then kind of almost took a step back last year a little bit. But, um, I mean, it, being a goalie would be so hard with, with a team that you know, is so up and down. It's kind of the way the Flyers were last year. Um, we, we gave up a lot and then, you know, we, we would score a lot. And then, I mean, it, it, that, that's one position that's just like it, it's so dependent on how structured your team is, how good in the D zone are you as is the group? Um, how many grade A opportunities are they giving up? Uh, what kind of penalty kill do they have? You know, it, there's so much more that goes into, you know, the position of goalie and the stats that they're, that they give out, you know, it's, um, but I, I think he, he is the future there. Um, and there, there's no reason why he, he can't really run with that because he has all the traits and the skills. I mean, I saw it firsthand in practice you know, being, you know, on the taxi squad, we'd have to go out and warm them up before practice. And I, there, I, I couldn't score on them if I had a hundred pucks to, you know, to, to try and score on them, you know, this, he, he's, he's that skilled and that, that athletic. See, you know, one thing is that you can score in overtime though. I know, yeah. I know that story. I know that story when you got, everybody top, knows when Mike Yo got the, gave you the tap to go on the ice in overtime yeah. and you're like, are you sure? No. Yeah, <laughs> you mean this guy? Was I was already like unstrap my helmet, take my old pads off. Like, I don't play in overtime. I don't play in overtime. Like what? Like it was actually Rick Wilson, the D coach at the time. And I look back, I'm like, well, Willie, you're, are you serious? He's like, get out there. So I, I hop over, and you know, puck popped up, pop popped out to me, and I'm able to kind of just got lucky, put it in, and um, yeah, one for one, and in career overtime shifts. Let's go. <laughs> Weren't you just on the ice too? Wasn't it like 30 seconds into your shift too? Wasn't it pretty quick? I don't even know if it was 30. I think it could have been 20. 
<laughs> your percentage of success on on the ice is like the best still in the history. Of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Most like, career healthy scratches and best uh, shift length in overtime for a goal. <laughs> Most efficient overtime player in history. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Now, for the last topic, we'll get into uh, time flies when you're having fun. Obviously, Dave McKay joined by Alex Parr, uh, Brendan Buxicos, and Nate Prosser. And I'm sipping on a Getchagumi from Northern Superior Brewing Company. Yes, they are sponsors, so they don't have to worry about sending checks or anything like that. It's uh, always fun to, ch- to chat hockey, Nate, and it's been great. And it's sad that we're getting towards the end here, but retirement, it's a positive topic. You know, you, you've had a great career, and you went into so many points that even – even online can't get into, right? You were undrafted, but the grind, getting told that you can't, but you did, and you worked your ass off to get where you do. You're the father of four children. uh, And like I said, it takes a man to raise women. Uh, My mother and dad taught me that at a young age. uh, (laughs) uh, Raising a daughter is a lot harder to do than a guy. I don't know that they must have forgot they had me. I was the most challenged. (laughs) Uh, uh, But in terms of retirement, you know, what – I, I want to ask the cliche question, what caused you to move on? And you can answer that. But I want to ask the other side of the question is almost ties to the beginning where I bugged you about podcasting. But what is the next step for Nate Prosser? Like, what is is there a GM role in your future? Is there <laughs> like I said, the game sports show, TGM Network, you're going to join us as a podcaster? Like, what yeah, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I like you guys. I, I'm all for it. <laughs> Hey, I'm all yours right now. No, I mean, what caused me to retire was, um, you know, I've been telling a lot of people recently, it's easy to move your kids when they're three or four or five years old. My kids are, you know, I have two older ones now that are, are planting their roots here. They're, they're in school. They have their friends. They have their, you know, church. They have their sports teams. They're on, you know, basketball and hockey and soccer. And um, I could just start to tell that it was affecting my nine-year-old, my oldest one, that, you know, last fall, um, she was just getting more emotional, a little bit more angry. I'm like, Emery, what's going on? Why, what, what's, what's your attitude? And, um, do you know, daddy's going to be around forever now? I kind of had it in my heart that I was done. So I told her this and she came and cried and gave me a hug. And, um, at that time, I'm like, I knew exactly what was going through her head. It was fall. The leaves are changing. The weather's getting colder that in her mind, she started to relate. Okay. That means daddy's leaving. That means I'm going to go do a, go, go to a new city, meet all new friends, go to a new school. Like that was a, having an effect on her. So I'm just like, it, it didn't make sense for me to, you know, sign my body still feels great. I feel like I could have played another year or two, but it just got to a point where my, my kids and my, my family needed to come first. And um, it, it, it would have been too hard to move again, um, especially with the four and my oldest at nine. Um, but as far as, uh, you know, what's in the future, uh, I would love. I, I've been telling you guys about, you know, when I was in Iowa and Lehigh Valley, I love being the older veteran guidance guy. I would love to uh, be in like a player development role and help defensemen along, um, you know, get from college or juniors to the minors to the NHL as quick as possible and, you know, kind of help them out uh, any way I could, you know, off the ice and on the ice, watch their clips or whatever that is. Um, so I, I, I don't know, maybe something along those lines. Um, you know, I, I, I still have a passion for the game. I, I have NHL games on at night and I, you know, I, I helped, uh, I live in Plymouth, Minnesota. So I helped, uh, this YZ high school's captain's practices before the season and, you know, maybe coaching. I don't, I don't really know. I, I'm, I, 
I was out in Philadelphia from January to June by myself. My wife was here in Minnesota with the four kids and she would call me probably once or twice a week, you know, pulling her hair out. You know, it got hard on her, obviously hard on me. All I wanted to do was get back and take everything off her plate. Now I'm still kind of in that phase of like, I'm driving them to school. I'm picking them up. I'm, you know, taking care of our little ones at home. I'm, you know, I, I love being, giving my kids my time right now. Cause that's all kids really want. Like I, the past 11 years, everything's focused on me and you know what I needed to do and how I needed to perform and how I needed to play the next night against, you know, certain individuals and opponents. And now it's, it's, it's on my kids and, you know, it, you can see in their personalities how much that has, has an effect on them. I just love giving them my time and being around home right now. And um, just kind of taking it one step at a time, as far as what the future holds. And um, I'm all ears. I'm all ears. Uh, T T gems going to be calling is what's going to be. Brooks, E. Parzi, uh, give you guys around this topic. Any uh, points you want to bring up last before we get to the, the sign off portion? I'll go to, I'll go to, I'll go to the veteran first and no, not you. <laughs> Pars the veteran because yeah. no, Brooksy has, Brooksy has something. I can see it in his face. He's got no, something. No, it to go him. ahead. Go ahead. I want <laughs> you to have it. Hey man, you're a good dude. I just want you to know that. I, I really <laughs> hope so. that, yeah, you're making the right move, man. I That's very, very admirable of you. I just want you to know that. Oh, Thanks, no, man. No Thank question. you. Just, just wants to praise you. Love that. Yeah, no, yeah, that's... yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I, I, like I said, my like so many guys get done with their careers and they can't raise their arm over their head because they have shoulder surgery or they they can't get on the ground with their kids because their knees or hips are, are torn up. I still feel like really good. I, I still have a love and a passion for the game. I, I want, I still want to give back to hockey and, you know, I, I got to find a way to, to, you know, hopefully stay involved in hockey. But if that door closes, then, you know, who knows, maybe I'm on a podcast or maybe, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the working world as a businessman. I don't really know. He's a free agent. I'm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I, I love giving my time to my kids right now. They, they love having me as I'm, I'm coaching their U8 girls hockey team and, um, they want me coaching their basketball. I, I can hardly make a layup. I don't, I don't know anything about basketball, but <laughs> all they want is me to be a part of their lives. And, you know, I, I, I wasn't able to do that. Like Brooks, you know, like when you're in pro hockey, even when I'm in the hometown team, we go on the road for a week. Okay. I'm gone all week. I'm, I can only FaceTime you. And then we're home for a week. Well, in that home week, we're, we have three home games and home games. Okay. You get up, you go to the rink, you have breakfast, you have a morning skate. After morning skate, you go with the guys and, you know, have pasta and then you, you rush home and get a nap and then you go into the rink and you're not home till midnight. So even like, even when we're home on game days, you're really not home. So the past 11 years, I've, I've kind of just been gone. So I, I, I love my time right now. It's just, you know, kind of no schedule and hanging with the, hanging with the fam. Definitely. Brooksy. Yeah, no, that's, you know, I mean, it, no matter what, like you said, like retirement's never easy when you're leaving something that you love, yeah. but always family's number one. That's what, the, you know, I've had a lot of coaches and older guys always say family's number one. So you yeah. got to do whatever's best for the family. And uh, obviously you made that choice. So uh, good on you. And uh, it just shows the type of man you are. And uh, that's great. And it's been great to get to know you even more. And hopefully we all get to stay in touch through all this. For sure. For sure. And, and retirement's, re, retirement's not easy. Like I, I definitely miss the locker room. I miss the road trips. I miss the, the dinners before games. Like I'm sure you do too. And, and that's, and like 
announcing my retirement, I, it was so cool to get all that support and hear from old teammates and old trainers and old radio guys. And I mean, it's everything like hockey is such a good, humble world that um, it's tough to leave. And a, a lot of guys struggle leaving, but um, you know, I, I got a, a good wife and four, four loving kids that, you know, it's not going to be like the hardest thing for me, but I still do miss uh, certain aspects of it for sure. See, like Alex and Brooks, you said, good on you, all these quotes. So you can't find this information anywhere else. Just so everybody knows. So getting to our closing, it's kind of a two-parter leading to our closing. I like, this is actually Brooksy's question. So I'm taking his thunder. Uh, but, you know, the one thing that I'll get into from a question standpoint, then going to you at the same point, uh, is that, is there anyone that you'd like to thank in your life who had a tremendous impact? That'd be the first thing. Uh, and then the second part of that is I want to give you the floor after that as well to get into anybody else that you want to promote something for or anything that you want to get out uh, to the world or to our listeners in particular, uh, viewers and all that fun stuff or where you can be found, where somebody can reach out to you or if you feel comfortable doing that, anything for that matter. So two-parter to end it off. Uh, what was the first part? Sorry. Uh, who would you like to thank? Oh and, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Who, um, yeah. I, I mean, I, for, for sure. My dad and my parents, my, my dad, and mom, I, my, my dad, for sure. Um, he always kind of kept the faith in me. Um, if there's ever anyone that thought I could still make the NHL growing up is him is basically only him. And, um, he helped me along the way. He, he, he's a Christian man that kind of taught me how to, live a, uh, moral driven life in a, in a, in a God driven life. And, um, yeah, I definitely owe everything to him. He taught me how to have a loving marriage and how to love my kids. And, um, he did it the right way. And I, I definitely want to follow in his footsteps. Uh, and then my brother, same, same deal. Um, good man. He, he, he played hockey for a little while. So I, I definitely looked up to him. He's three years older than me. He always brought me out to the rinks with his buddies, even though he didn't want to. Um, so I was playing against kids that were three years older than me, but, um, I was always the, the pest and the bug, the kid that bugged everyone out there. And, um, I, I, I definitely want to say thank you to him. And, um, and then my wife, uh, I mean, really you can't do, you can't make a career without kind of having a rock star wife. And, um, she, she, she kind of knew what she was getting into. Cause I, I started dating her in high school and I told her, this is kind of the, my dream and where I wanted to go. And, um, you know, at that first she's like, I, I know you, you want to make the NHL, but you know, maybe you should go do this internship too and make sure you're, you're, you're getting ready for the business world too. Cause you know, a lot of people just didn't, I, I just, like I told you, I kept improving year in, year out and eventually made it, but, um, no one really thought I would and um but yeah she she's with me through the thick and the thin and um and then second part uh oh yeah where to find me yeah where's um, yours uh, yeah yeah uh well I'm, i mean i'm not a big social media guy i'm not on twitter or instagram i do have facebook um if you want to reach out on facebook i'm i'm there or um i'm on linkedin now it's like, a, <laughs> like I, I didn't know the what business. linkedin was until a couple weeks ago and they're like I think my financial guy said, Hey, maybe you should get an account. If you don't, you know, maybe you're, someone will spark your interest on this job or that job. And so I've got that. Um, you can reach out to me on that. Um, you, yeah, you can find me at, in Minnesota. Uh, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll still be bouncing around hockey rinks and, you know, maybe be a coach in someday. I'm not really sure. So, yeah. 
Awesome. So that's great stuff. Now, this is always a sad part of the show, and I don't say that for all the time. No offense to our other guests. Uh, it's always, it's obviously been a, a great time here today. And, you know, going first, and we'll go around the horn to Alex and Brooksy uh, to say our thanks uh, before we go back to you, Nate. And, you know, I want to say thanks, Nate. It was great. This, this was fantastic. Uh, if I had anything to do, and I, if I could go back in time, all the times I played franchise mode in NHL, uh, when I was hoping my dream was <laughs> to make it, even though I thought I was at one point, yeah, yeah. Hockey said no, uh, but I wish I would have picked you or traded for you on my Leafs franchise team because uh, <laughs> you're an absolute killer dude. Uh, I don't think Thanks, you man. like to play for Toronto. I think you were where you were supposed to be in Minnesota. Uh, yeah. Uh, jokes aside, it would have been nice to, you know, <laughs> to have you on that team because you're such a great dude. Uh, but nonetheless, it was great to have you on the show. It was yeah, awesome. It would have boosted the locker room morale stats all the way through the roof. Blue chip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I could get Austin Matthews going. That's for damn sure. <laughs> well, yeah. damn it. I think we might need you now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I appreciate yeah. you taking the time, Nate. Alex. Nah, I said my piece, Nate. I'm just super glad you made yeah. some time for us. Good luck with the rest of the retirement media tour you've been doing. I'm yeah. sure there's lots of shows lining up next for you. So uh, I just thank you for making some time for us. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Nice meeting you. Brooks, you as well. Yeah, well, same thing. You know, we've already said, uh, you know, how we feel. And uh, I wish you all the best and best of luck with uh, wherever your life is headed next. Thanks a lot, Brooksy. Nice meeting you. Nice chatting with you guys. That was fun time. Whenever you guys need need, uh, need a guest, let me know. Definitely. See if we can, He's ready. See if we get a part two or maybe get a co-host audition. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sure there's some teammates you'd love to connect yeah, with yeah. and absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But no, again, thank you very much. Nate Prosser and to Alex, to Brooksy, to the viewers, listeners, if you're viewing on YouTube or listening on the audio side on Amazon, Apple, Podbean, Spotify, Podtail, Facebook, Instagram, wherever the heck you are. Uh, make sure you hit like, follow, subscribe, and all the platforms as well as check thegamesforshow.com. A lot of T-Gem coming up definitely with the YouTube channel, so hit subscribe. All your categories of podcasts you want to hear all in one platform, a, a podcast community hub that T-Gem is. You can check it out on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. Now, getting to the closing, I love going to this closing for our guests because it's going to be odd. I would like to remind you to keep your stick on the ice, swing your bats, catch your touchdowns, drain your threes, and shoot your shots. Booyah. <laughs>